Murder at Farrington Hall by Anne Sutton Chapter 1 London, England, 1923 Dodo As yet another slender young woman sashayed along the catwalk in a dress that was positively ghastly, the Honourable Lady Dorothea Dorchester stifled a yawn. She glanced at her dainty gold watch. Would it be rude to leave mid-show? As a well-respected patron of fashion, Dodo had been invited to this young designer's display. She had only accepted as a favour to her mother, the young Couturier being the daughter of a friend. She knew that her attendance could boost the fledgling fashion house's profile putting them on the fashion map more effectively than any amount of marketing in the press would do. She closed her eyes and breathed in deeply. No, she must not leave. Her departure would be interpreted as disfavour, and that would negate the very help she hoped to give. Dodo scooped her glossy black hair behind her diamond-studded ear, folded her gloved hands carefully over her aristocratic knees, and plastered a smile on her beautiful face, just as an enthusiastic photographer leaned forward and snapped a picture of her. That was close. A huge picture of Lady Dorothea Dorchester yawning splashed all over the papers would have been disastrous. Resigned to her fate, she dragged a scarlet fingernail down the programme to see what she could expect next. Tennis wear? Could they be more predictable? The French were so much more creative in their designs. As a long, pleated tennis skirt flounced by, she felt another yawn coming and looked around for more stealthy cameramen. As she checked, she was thrilled to see a familiar feminine figure bounding toward her, a genial expression of excitement radiating from her fair face. Saved! The pretty young girl shimmered along the row, begging pardon and spilling apologies, as she tripped and stumbled, stepping clumsily on several ladies' feet. Flopping into the chair next to her sister, Diantha Dorchester gasped, Golly, that was a lot more difficult than it should have been. Diddy, you didn't tell me you were coming, smiled Dorothea, wrapping her younger sister in a big hug. You've saved me from dying of boredom, she said sotto voce. Oh, is it that bad? Didi replied, her golden curls bouncing as she settled into her chair. It is so utterly predictable, Dorothea exclaimed. It doesn't help that I was in Paris last week and was quite transported by their new styles. This just doesn't compare. Do you want to leave then? The expression on her younger sister's face was equal parts frustration at the possibility that her struggle had been in vain and a desire to please her beloved sister. No, no, Dodo assured her. I'm here as a favour. If I leave, it will spoil everything for the designer, though I am going to make some helpful suggestions. A ghastly gown in fuchsia chiffon was floating down the stage, and Dorothea groaned. Here, announced Dee as she leaned down to retrieve something from her capacious purse. This will cheer you up, Dodo. She flourished a thick linen card embossed with gold leaf in front of her sister's face. Dorothea turned sharply, her fashionable bob swinging like velvet opera curtains. It's an invitation to Farrington Hall for a long weekend, 
burst out Dee Dee. I haven't seen darling Freddy in ages. I think it was at Rowena Cuthbert's coming out that I last saw him. How marvellous, said Dorothea, her enthusiasm matching her sister's. She snatched the gilded invitation from Dee Dee's fingers and read, You are hereby invited to a party weekend at Farrington Hall. There will be croquet, music, dancing, and lots of laughs. Isn't it fabulous? declared Dee Dee. It arrived this morning before I got up. Do you think Daddy will let us use the Bentley, Dodo? Dorothea had recently learned to drive and was eager to practice at every opportunity, but her old-fashioned father was less enthusiastic about women behind the wheel. I think we'll have to wait for just the right moment to ambush him with that inquiry. She laughed behind her hand. I wonder who else will be there, mused Dee Dee. It will be my first party since coming home from finishing school in Switzerland. Do you think they have a gramophone? We could take some of our latest recordings. Her words were cascading out as they always did when she was excited. It was so good to have her back. Her sister was only two years younger and she had missed her terribly. Remember, you are not the host, darling. Octavia will have plenty of recordings, I'm sure. Her exalted reputation as a hostess is well-deserved, as you know. I do know. I trust they've invited some interesting chaps. Oh, sorry, that was tactless of me, Dee Dee apologised. It's fine, I'm over him. It took some time, I admit, but I'm not languishing away my youth, yearning after that, that good-for-nothing, she declared. No, I feel quite disposed to jump back into the pond. My heart is a freshly blank slate. I'm very glad to hear it, said Dee Dee, leaning her head closer. You're much too pretty to be a bystander in the game of romance, and I, for one, am very eager about joining in. I long for some intrigue. There were far too few males near that stuffy finishing school. We were all so desperate we would get dewy-eyed over the janitor, for goodness sake. He was thirty if he was a day. Dodo threw back her silky head and laughed, just as a rather ghastly pair of slacks slithered along the catwalk. She prayed that her laughter would not be mistaken for ridicule, though in truth the trousers were pretty awful and deserved it. She quickly rearranged her features. Did you have anyone in mind? Dee Dee pursued. Well, not Freddy, Dodo chuckled. Sweet though he is, he's more the brotherly sort. And anyway, he's rather too short for me. No, I'm as interested to see who else is invited as you are. A stick-thin model in a gold lame dress tiptoed down the stage in perilously high heels, holding a masquerade mask to her gaunt features. Both the sisters stopped talking and gawped. This was a new low. Dodo fought the urge to frown. Mercifully, the golden horror was the final gown of the show, and next all the models would gather as the designer came out to receive her accolades. Dodo pinched her lips, making a pretense at applauding, then quickly rose to make her exit before the crowds. Come on, let's get out of here, she hissed at her sister. They stumbled back along the row, and hightailed it for the doors like shipwrecked sailors lunging toward a rescue ship. A flash blinded them both, and they stopped short, hands protecting their faces as the doors swung to behind them. Lady Dorothea, what did you think of the new autumn line? 
A journalist had successfully ambushed them, and Dodo's eyes were smarting from the bright light. Irritating. I endeavour to support young designers when I can, she began carefully. The Great War devastated the fashion industry. It is still recovering. I believe that England can and should take its rightful place in the world of couture if given the right encouragement and support. Thank you. She pushed her sister forward and they both bolted, leaving the journalist to bellow, But you didn't answer my question! Taxi! Dodo cried, stepping out into the street in front of a sleek black cab that stopped abruptly. She yanked open the door and thrust her sister in, falling awkwardly behind her. Victoria Station, she barked at the driver. Phew, that was close, Dodo said, pulling off her gloves and scarf and looking out the back window to see the newsman rushing out to the pavement. It's so hard to be honest in those situations without damaging reputations and careers. I do hate it when they lay in wait for one like that. I suppose it's jolly awkward for you, agreed Dee Dee. One wrong word from the Honourable Lady Dorothea Dorchester, and the unfortunate thing's dreams would go up in smoke. Yes, but those designs were extraordinarily frightful. Not condemning them may hurt my own reputation. They both giggled. Perhaps I can help by introducing her to Renée. Madame Dubois, that's a marvellous idea, Dodo. All right, as soon as we get home.